Good Friday, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com mailbag podcast. Glad to have you along on this Friday with Jesse Simonton, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs, and we'll jump right into the questions today. And uh, this one's an interesting one right out of the gate from C.D. Vol. If you can pick one player that Coach Pruitt has signed since he has been here that he wanted the most, which player do you think it is? I think it's pretty obvious Henry T. would be one of those, considering how well, how good of a player he is. Also considering the fact that a lot of people thought uh, when it looked like Henry T. was staying on the West Coast, Tennessee might not even go see him in that final 10 days or so. And obviously Jeremy Pruitt didn't, didn't do that. He went out there and got that one done. A second one for me, and then I'll throw it to you guys, I think he's got a little pride in having Cade Mays in this program too, just because he did not have the opportunity to sign Cade Mays because of the short window that he had once he got the job. So that's where I'll start with two guys. And anybody else jump in here with any other thoughts? The Cade's a, the Cade one's a good pull. That that one's a good pull because that, that I do think obviously Henry T is the most obvious uh, pick just because I mean he's a guy that is going to be in contention for an All SEC spot as a sophomore. Uh, but the Cade one because Tennessee had that chance to sign him. Obviously the the relationship with the family. Uh, and really the university had soured, you know, three years ago, but for them to kind of get a mulligan on that and, and for Pruitt to kind of get a do over and, and Cade to come back, play with his brother. I, I think that's a good little, uh, you know, added one. That, that one, one that came to the, 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 my first, my first two just off the top of my head was, was going to be uh, Henry T and, and then Wanye just because of what it represented. I think that was one of the first huge recruiting wins he really had. You know, I mean, they go neck and neck, AP and I are on all these different conversations, talking to people behind the scenes, Auburn, Tennessee, you know, it was, that was such a big recruiting win for Jeremy and what it kind of represented in his first full cycle. Yeah, that's a good hey, one. Hey, Hubbard, read that question again. For some reason, I felt like he was asking, like, maybe can we encompass guys he didn't get? No, he said, if you can pick one player that, that Coach Pruitt has signed, has okay, gotcha, signed gotcha. since he's been here, that uh, he wanted the most, which, players do, which player do you think it was? Yeah, I agree. I think the Wanye one was big for Jeremy. I, and I think you make a good point with Cade, just based off the fact that, you know, that thing could have went a hundred different directions, um, you know, when they had the uh, – the famous Nick and Jay's cheeseburger over at Catholic that day. Um, and, 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 you know, Tyson Helton told Kate he was going to look into his soul and, you know, that was about it. Um, you know, but, you know, Jeremy did not, you know, he, but in both really, you bring the two you brought up, you know, Jesse brings up a good one. Yeah. That's a signature one, but the two you brought up Brent are two guys that, you know, Jeremy never gave up on. He didn't give up on Henry when, you know, Henry looked like he was headed to Washington with about, you know, seven to ten days left. And he and he sure never gave up on the Mays family. Not necessarily Cade, because he I mean Cade was at another university, he couldn't recruit him, but he he treated Cooper no different than anybody else. And 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 that was from the moment, you know, that they left Catholic that day and recruited Cooper for Cooper. And I think that, you know, ended up when Cade kinda wanted to come back. It made sense, you know, from the Mays family standpoint for the way that Jeremy Pruitt had treated him. All right, let's go to our burger here that, Rob, this is to you. Do you think Barnes is getting really close to getting things rolling? I'm not surely sure what that means. They were number one team in the country a couple of years ago. If Tennessee is able to sign two of the top tier uh, 21 players, Chandler and Jabari, being in deep with BJ and others in 22, 
seems that sustained success is just about there. What are the realistic expectations for fans over the next five years with this basketball program? Well, I don't know about five years, but I think the next two or three years, I mean, you're, you can expect to compete for SEC championships and pencil yourself into the NCAA tournament every year. And I mean, I think, I think things are rolling. Like you mentioned, I mean, they were, I mean, they took a little step back this year, but they were still a bubble team, but they were number one in the country last, last year for a month. They won 31 games. They've got the number four recruiting class in, in the country. And um, I was talking with, with somebody around the program the other day that I don't know that this is going to be the best Tennessee team I ever covered. I, I mean, that to me would be last year's team, but I think this is going to be the most talented Tennessee team I've, I've covered and whether or not it's the best depends on how quickly the freshmen, you know, can, can step it up. But, but did, go ahead. Did they take a step back though? Cause I mean, they were going to win the SEC tournament and probably, and, and, and probably go to the NCAA tournament as a locked in deal. Prove me otherwise guys, prove me otherwise. I'll say this for, for Rick Barnes, that might mean some donors are writing some big checks for some of those bonuses that are in his contract incentives for sure. Let's go to Apple Orange. Some uniform questions. Will the white and orange pants this season regain their stripes? I'm told, yes, they're supposed to have stripes on them. Uh, any early tidbits on how the black uniform might be styled? I don't have any insight on black uniforms. Austin, have you talked to anybody about what a black uniform would look like in November? No, I think that they've, they're in the preliminary phases of that. I'm, in, I'm more interested to see what helmet they go with with the black uniform than I am anything else. I, I said this on. I said it on Nashville. I said it on Nashville radio that if they're really going to go for it and they really want to raise as much money as possible, they sell the then helmets. Then go for and it. They, yeah, and then go for it. Get black helmets, and that's what you actually auction off because, you know, Brent Dordery and, and some other folks were talking about. You know, they'd pony up some real money, uh, you know, for a charity for black helmets, and so um, if they if they want to get as much you know, raise as much money as they can for East Tennessee and, and, and various black businesses and, and some kind of the plan that T. Martin hopes to put in place. I say you get, you strike some deal with Nike, you know, you got a big contract with them. They have obviously, you know, several months to, to kind of come up with something and hopefully you don't get the kind of sticker uh, uniform that they ran out there with Lane that, that one game. What, the one that Sportsbell made in the middle of the night at like three in the exactly. morning? Exactly. Exactly. All right. Hey, do you expect any uh, Tennessee recruiting fireworks around, say, the 4th of July? Feel free to segue into Munden and Page discussion in this question. I'm also going to throw in Arnold in there as well because somebody had asked about him. Anything, I mean, there was Wilcoxon at a July 4 stuff. That had nothing to do with Tennessee, obviously, uh, with the fact that, that he's now committed to Florida. Austin, again. I don't, yeah, again, I, I don't see anything. And Jesse, jump in here too. I don't see anything. You never say never, but I, I don't get to sense anything's on the horizon in the next week to 10 days. Do you? I, I don't, but I, I think anybody that thinks that they've got any kind of feel for Smile Munden is, is full of it. You know, I mean, that kid, for all, for all the ones that everybody knows is coming and, and you know, the 58 – you know, forecasts and 67 crystal balls rolling for, and, you know, everybody knows what's going to happen 12 days before, you know, the announcement. Nobody knows what small money is going to do. I mean, I've talked to too many people. The Georgia staff has no feel. Auburn has no feel. Tennessee, uh, I think, you know, feels much the same way. Everybody's having good conversations with him, but I don't think he leads anybody to believe, oh, yeah, we're the team to beat. Um, as far as Peyton Page, 
I, I can see why Adam put Clemson as the favorite there. I mean, you know, I think that Clemson is the school that he kind of had, an, you know, an affinity for um, back earlier this spring. Um, and then they kind of pushed him. He didn't do it. But I think he still wants to go there. Um, you know, and then Terry on Arnold, I, I really don't have a feel for him. Tennessee, I know, swinging away there. But I know Florida's in the mix as well. Do you think with Page that the fact that he looks much better now, Austin, than, than he did when we saw him in uh, January and when we saw him again in, in February, do you think that's changed kind of where Clemson's at, that maybe they've had more patience with him the last month, six weeks or so with him? Because early on in the spring it was get in the boat now or we're going to go on past you. And it, it's clear at this point they've not gone past him. Do you think that's just because he's got himself in better shape and he looks like he's a – Maybe that's made him a more of a priority for Clemson. Well, I think I think COVID has changed Clemson's approach. I mean, they still are wanting to get their the, the the bulk and majority of their class done, but I think that they've even slowed down a little bit because of uh, the fact there were no camps, no spring evaluation period. So I think it's allowed them to be a little more patient with you know with some guys, even if they didn't want to be, uh, they've almost been forced to be. So yeah, I mean. I'm interested to kind of see how this thing shakes out in the month of July. But right now, if I was handicapping it, I think Clemson's a slight leader uh, over Tennessee and North Carolina, even though they've got all those, you know, players in the mix that are recruiting him, they're sitting in the three hole. All right. Uh, Jesse and, and Rob, we'll start with you here. Who is an off the – this is from Matt for Rocky Top. Who's an off-the-radar guy that you all think will step in and be a big-time contributor this season for this team? I mean, I don't know, I don't know how off the radar he is because he played quite a bit last year. I think Kevon Bennett is going to have a much much bigger role or, or needs, you know, is going to have an opportunity to have a much bigger role. That's one that, you know, I would I would kind of kind of throw out there. I'm going to go with uh, just because I think – now, and this one is, I think, totally off the radar. Um, and it, it could – be a prediction that, that comes uh, becomes fruitless, but I'm going to go T Hodge. I think that um, I, I think that the staff likes T Hodge. Uh, they've been kind of surprised, you know, he's a guy that obviously work ethic was never going to be a problem. So him coming in and grinding immediately, but they needed third running back and they're going to split carries. Jim Chaney does that everywhere he goes. Uh, and so with Tim Jordan gone, um, the opportunities there for, for a third guy, T. Hodge is not, you know, a lot of folks obviously um, have thought about the running backs that Tennessee doesn't have, you know, w- with some of the guys that, that ended up elsewhere, including the, 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 on the saga that we've covered for months and Zach Evans. But I, I think T. is, is going to have a real opportunity to kind of carve out a role as that number three back. I have to Prince and Fant out there too, just because of, you know, necessity. I mean, somebody's going to have to step up a tight end. He's a guy that's really never played before, so and I think he's going to have a role this year. So that, that, that's one that will be would be off the radar. And I and I know the guy said big time contributor, but I'm just kind of going with contributor for T. Hodge because I don't I'm not sure how many folks actually expected him to even play that much as a freshman. Yeah, I would agree there. Go ahead. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And it's, I think it's more off the radar just because nobody's talking about him because there were no, there was no spring practice. Uh, and I know he's got a little traction this week because he put out his blog. But I'm going to go Bayless Jones because I think that Tennessee needs help in the return game. And what kind of difference maker can he be at receiver? Is he what he was at USC? Or does a new place 
kind of present a new face for his game. So, I, you know, I think that that's one that could, that could show up. All right. Almighty Otto wants to know if any of you guys have picked up new hobbies or skills during this downtime. I mean, you're crocheting a lot, right, Austin? Not crocheting, but I have put in several flower beds. I, uh, thanks to Brandon Parks uh, at the Vol Network, I'm an exceptional hole digger now. And uh, if anybody needs a good trench dug around all their uh, landscaping areas to keep the weeds out, call me. And, uh, there you go. And um, Rob has become a master chef during this time as well. Right, Rob Lewis? I've always liked to cook, but I have, uh, I've, I've, I've kind of cranked it up a notch. You've upped your game big time. That's, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Vol I am. Prince Colley, are you shocked by the fact that I guess he announced his top five Tennessee wasn't in it? That doesn't surprise me. Did it surprise you guys? No, because I'm not sure how t- hard Tennessee was even recruiting him. Yes. I, again, I- I've seen some people on the board, this is going to be a big mistake. I watched the kid play against Knox Central last year. He's a good-looking kid. He did nothing that just super wowed me. I-, I think he's got decent film. He reminds me a lot of the kid from Greenback last year that had a lot of sexy offers, but at the end of the day, was not a take at LSU, was not a take at Oklahoma, and ended up going to Virginia Tech. And there is nothing wrong with Virginia Tech, okay? I'm just saying, don't don't. Uh, let's see where he goes. If he ends up coming to Georgia or LSU or something like that, then sure. But I mean, if he ends up coming to Louisville, uh, then then you know we'll see. All right. Follow up to that. Uh, Ingram Dawkins Page and Munden most likely to get one of the three, two to three, three of the three. Austin, your favorite type of question. Curious your opinion on the level of importance with those three. I mean, what, I mean, clearly well, those three I, are priorities. I think that's the best answer to that, right? What, it was Munden, Ingram Dawkins, and who's the other one? Page. Page. If I was going level of importance, I would go Munden one, Ingram Dawkins two, Page three. And, and, and I would say Tennessee's got a better – the best shot at Ingram Dawkins. And – The last two – the other after, two are toss-ups. Yeah, the other I mean, two are toss-ups. I don't think anybody's got a real feel for the other two. No, because everybody's playing things very vague. I mean, let's face it. Adam Friedman wrote, you know, an article, you know, kind of, you know, with one quote and, and kind of his, his kind of, you know, Mistake. opinion for – I mean, like, it's not a whole lot. It means that Peyton's not giving him anything. He didn't give us anything, Cubs. I mean, he, right. you know, even when Travis Shaw said Tennessee and Clemson, Peyton Page had to interject, well, no, I'm North Carolina too, and, like, had to give, like, reasons why. You know, I mean, like, he, like, he, he don't want a lot out there. Yeah, you're right. All right, intern Butch wants to know most awkward thing any of our head coaches is that Rob's, ever... is that Rob's burner account? <laughs> most awkward thing any of our head coaches have ever said to any of the VolQuest staff. Well, I'm not going to talk. I mean, I don't have anything with current staff members. Um, I've never been cussed the way that Kevin O'Neill cussed me out as a 19, 20 year old. Uh, I was. I've never been spoken to. Uh, like that in my life and then when he rode out of uh, the underneath part of Thompson Bowling Arena before Pratt Pavilion was built he came out of the underneath the ramp there and Michael Hunt's Toyota Trucell dealer car that's when you that's when you know you're paying your basketball coaches a lot of money when your assistant when your lead assistants is driving a Trucell and all he did was roll down a window and flip me a bird as he drove out of the parking lot the night he left that would probably be that would probably be about as awkward as it's ever got to me with a basketball coach because I've never been I've never been cussed the way he cussed me, um, which was certainly entertaining now that I look back on it. So that's my best story out of that question. I had a very heated conversation. I remember you remember with, uh, with Bruce Pearl after um, 
I reported the Duke Cruz uh, medical condition uh, before Bruce went it out there. That was um, uh, heated, again, is the best way I could describe it. That was, that's what I remember well. <laughs> Absolutely. I had an awkward then, As far as awkward, I mean, maybe just about any time Butch got in front of a microphone. <laughs> Do, doing, doing a radio show with Derek Dooley 24 hours after writing he was out of a job was a little bit awkward as well. But I'll give Derek Dooley credit for the way that he handled that one. All right, moving on here. Let's go to Vols 1024. With Jalen Wright having documented elite speed to go along with a now 200-plus pound, um, is it safe to say that he is criminally underrated at this point in time? I'm not sure what criminally underrated is, but I do think he's underrated. I think there are several players that are underrated, most of which because there was no spring evaluation, there was no summer camp circuit, and thus how can you really justify changing your rankings unless you're just changing them to change them. So, I mean, like, I, I do think that, you know, across the board, uh, there are, whether it be from any position, there are guys that are underranked and probably some that are overranked. And don't you think that you'll see that a lot with linemen just because of how much big kids' bodies can change from, you know, going from 16 to 18 years old? Yeah, That's, and I think – Sure, I mean, And I think not seeing those guys in person at a camp doing one-on-one stuff changes would, would change some ranking stuff too whether that's fair or not fair I think I think that's where your linemen are traditionally ranked is by what they do at some camp and one-on-one drills which which has not happened I mean I think that's why you'll see some yo-yoing there um Deshaun 13 Jesse to you what does this incoming class bring as a whole uh that this team needs what do they bring as a whole that they need size speed winning attitude what do you like about this incoming class the most as in the as in the T Hodge. Yes, as in the, is that the what class. We're about? Yeah, I'm taking the. I'm saying incoming class meaning the ones that are on campus just been here a week or so. Uh, well, honestly, they. they I mean, I, I like the guys that they. It's going to be some guys that maybe not won't play a ton this season because of depth up front, but it's going to be guys like Tyler Barron and some of these other defensive linemen, you know, that I think are going to get to sit and Amari Thomas and some other guys that are going to get to watch a little bit. Tyler may have an opportunity to play, but, you know, um, Amari is going to be a guy that is going to get to, you know, kind of learn from some vets for for a year. And then, you know, it's going to be his time uh, in 2021. So that that was the group I think, you know, I, we identified from the beginning is that they, they, they knew they needed to, to load up on some linemen and they went out and got some good ones. All right, uh, Cajun3 wants to know, any chance you see Savion Williams redshirt this year? I'm going to say no. Nope. Yeah, I'm Moving with, on. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with a no there. I don't, I don't see that one happening. It uh, doesn't make a lot of sense given, you know, junior college player, the opportunity he had a year ago, and, and really nothing came out of this. Rob, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, P-Stone 18, better offense, Bray. Justin Hunter, CP, and Day Rick, assuming not kicked off, are Dobbs, Hurd, Kamara, and Malone. First one. Mm. Man, I don't know. I mean, I go. I like Josh Dobbs so much better as a person that I'm just going with the second one by default. <laughs> and no, no, no star back tap puts it over the top. I mean, I would, I would like to see Jim Chaney with both of those. Although my thought, Mike DeBoard. You know, they put up a lot of big numbers. They just didn't man- – I mean, the interesting thing about that, that, that question to me, Jesse, is when you look at it, 
you know, Braves the quarterback, and then you got Hunter and Patterson and then Dayrick, who didn't finish that year, all three receivers, but you can play three receivers very easily. You look at the other, and you had Dobbs, Hurd, Kamara, Malone. They didn't use Kamara enough in the passing game. And then basically you got three running backs there. It's easier to be more productive with three receivers than it is three running backs, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 Bray Hunter uh, Patterson and, and yeah, Rogers was 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 kicked off. But if he was there, there in my mind, that group has easily the highest ceiling of these two. All right. Um, now the floor is probably higher uh, with Dobbs and Hurd and Kamara because I think you know you're it's. Yes, it's it's three you know runners so to speak, um, but the mistakes are going to be more limited than than than, than what Bray uh, you know could potentially throw out there. And you got a guy you can count on a quarterback in that second one. That's it. that's the. I mean, there's more talent in that first group, but I just Dobbs versus Bray is a no brainer for me. Rob Lewis not on the on the Tyler Bray train today for anyone keeping score at home. Uh, seven Costanza wants to know with Tim Jordan's departure, does that open up a few carries for the freshman backs or, uh, does a guy like Crouch get even more carries than just short yardage? Jesse, I know you mentioned T Hodge earlier. Do you think that they'll use Crouch as the short yardage guy, particularly early and sort of see where a guy like T Hodge is and becoming the true third back? Now, obviously if you got a twisted ankle or you got an, you know, some kind of issue, that pushes a freshman further up the chart in a hurry. But do you think that Jim Chaney will turn to a freshman as his number three out of the gate? Or will it be, hey, my number three is a short yardage guy in, in, in Crouch in third and short or goal line situations? I think Crouch is going to get some opportunities. But I also think uh, his role on offense could ultimately be determined by what he's doing defensively. If he's, if he's starting, you know, or a guy that's playing a lot of snaps on defense, um, especially if they have him lined up next to Henry T or they flex him out opposite, uh, you know, um, Bennett, I mean, you know, depending on where he plays, it, it's a lot to ask for him, you know, to then carry the ball, let's even say three or four times a game, I think. All right, let's go to Florida Dobbs VFL. Rob, best guess on a starting five in basketball. All right, Fulkerson, obviously. Pons, if he's here. Uh, I don't. I have a hard time seeing, not seeing Jaden or Keon starting, and uh, I'll throw Victor Bailey out there as your where, starting point guard. Where are you with the pond situation? Because the, the the timing's all all messed up on that deal. It seems it like. is. What, I mean, it's what's going to happen there. I, you know, for the longest time, I just kind of assumed that Eve would be back, and um, I've kind of picked up some rumblings here lately that uh, from talking to some people around the program that you know that. Some people think he's going to go whether he gets drafted or not. If that means, you know, taking a contract in Europe. But, I mean, if he was going to do that, I can see that. I mean, as we talked about, he's married. I, you know, the financial aspect of that is, is different for him than it is for some kids. But, I mean, if, if he was just going to go all in, I don't know why, why, why he would have come back. I mean, he's, he's back right now, you know, with, with the rest of the team. If he was all in on, on turning pro, you know, why not just be working out with a trainer, get ready for the draft, and if not, you know, roll your dice with – hooking up with a team in Europe. Austin, follow-up from the same guy. Who's coaching special teams in football this year? And then uh, – Jay Graham. Who gets, okay. Who gets the first shot, Austin, Jesse, at returning kicks and punts? Velas Jones, got to get – got to be the kick return guy, right? I mean, they're touting him today on Twitter or Thursday on Twitter as one of the 
you know, best return guys returning in the SEC, even though he's never suited up in the SEC. <laughs> Got to be Velas Jones, right? Who's the punt return guy? It, it will be Velas Jones. I, I think the punt return guy, maybe Jones, but it, I think it, it also, you know, could be a, a number of different guys. Um, you could end up throwing one of these young freshmen back here, whether it be a Jimmy Callaway, Jimmy Holiday. Um, you could end up going with one of your defensive backs. Um, that, 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 you know, maybe did that a little bit in high school. Um, but I, I don't think the punt thing is, is uh, settled. I do think that the kickoff thing is settled, though. I'd give Bryce a look. Yeah. I would too. They put, they put two guys back there the last, you know, year or two. And Ty Chandler's always been one of them. I don't think you can do Ty Chandler this year. Oh, you're talking about because kickoff? Because they're so – yeah, because they're so thin at tailback. I mean, I just don't think you can roll him back there. I give it. Put Kenny Solomon back there. He can run like the wind, right? There you go. Kenny run like Solomon. a deer, baby. There you go. All right. Myrtle uh, Beach's finest. All Vols LC, what's the tentative plan for football this season? Do you think the season's going to be abbreviated in some way? Listen, we don't know the answer to this question. We've asked it. It's been asked a million times. But I want to go from there for, for, for all three of you guys. Is your thoughts on whether or not season's going to be a go in August the way it's been tentatively planned. Are those thoughts changing? Is your concern level about football being played this fall different than it was 10 days ago? I think so. I mean, I don't know how it wouldn't be. I mean, you've seen a spike and, you know, I just think you're seeing, you know, you know, the PGA Tour gets, you know, hit with it. WWE gets hit with it. You know, obviously some colleges have gotten hit with it, like Clemson, LSU. I don't know how it wouldn't be altered in some way from 10 days ago. Um, now, you know, you've seen Fauci come out this week and say that he thinks the vaccine will be here by, you know, late in the year, if not early, early 2021. I mean, if you could guarantee that, I'd just say just scrap the fall and move the season back and let, let's roll on as life as normal. But, I mean, you know, again, none of this is, you know, a definite. But that raises – I mean, we've, we've discussed that two months ago, but all the questions that would raise, you know, moving – basically playing a double season in 21. I, I, I think the biggest thing, Hubs, is that uh, it continues to kind of change, I think, what the outlook of a season may look like even if they do play. And, and you know, I just don't think a lot of folks have considered that, you know, games could get canceled in one – somewhere but but they'd be playing them somewhere else because if one team has this huge outbreak another team may say we don't want to play why would we want you guys traveling and coming in here and bringing all that what happens if again you know an entire quarterback room gets wiped out for a week and suddenly you're seeing a team having to play a jimmy holiday as like a wildcat guy for a whole game you know i think there's just those kind of uh those are individual examples, but I think that's something that we're going to see happen if the season goes on uh, as presumed this fall. All right, let's go to J.D. Vol 98. Who would you like to see Tennessee play a home and home with? In other words, where would you like to go watch a game at? I think we had this question what? a couple of weeks ago. Wisconsin. I, Wisconsin. I'd love to go to Camp Randall. Washington. I wouldn't mind going to Washington. Yeah, it'd be the two that. stadiums that you can get to by land and by water. Yeah, I'd like to see Clemson. I've never seen a game at Clemson. I think that'd be a fun home-and-home. Home. Um, I mean, right now, I mean, the last few years it wouldn't have been because Clemson's been better. But I, I, could, I, could, certainly see, um, I could certainly see that. I'm kind of looking forward I, to this Pittsburgh trip. 
you know? I'm a, I look forward to the Pittsburgh trip. That's a great chance for us to go back to Oakmont. Uh, I, I also say uh, I would love for Boston College. I would love for Boston College. We're going to Chestnut Hill. Would love to do that. Um, I wouldn't mind the North Carolina or NC State. Uh, I wouldn't mind going back to UCLA. Don't really care NC to go back State. to Oregon. NC State. NC State doesn't even. All, they're not even on of, campus. Of, of of all the colleges that you haven't been to, you just named NC State. I'm just saying, like a short trip, like a home what and golf, home of the what, North what, Carolina. What, what golf course is near NC State? That, that, there's no we way that you to, just – We can go to Pinehurst. <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's, let's, it's always That's like somebody golf. being like, let's go to Georgia Tech. It's like, what the <laughs> – what are you talking AP would like to see a home-and-home with North Augusta Community College. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to go play at the Atlanta Club, so let's go to Georgia Tech. Donahue 27. Atlanta Club. Jesse, a while back, Leach, back when Leach was hired at Mississippi State, you briefly mentioned something about his fit at that school. Could I hear your thoughts on how you think both Kiffin and Leach will do at their respective schools, please? Um, and does anyone else have any thoughts on how coaching staffs around the conference might shake up in the next few years? Listen, in this conference, you better win or you're going to be out of a job. But specifically, Jesse, to you, kind of your thoughts on the fit of Lane Kiffin and, and Mike Leach at the two Mississippi schools. Well, I mean, I, I – you know, shared my reservations about Leach right when he got hired. And I think they've only been founded, you know, in, in the months uh, to follow because he continuously sticks his foot in his mouth. Um, and while he is entertaining, you know, he's now sweeping, uh, swimming in the deep pool. Uh, and, you know, can he adapt to the SEC? How is he going to be recruiting? He has at least hired a staff that, you know, has some experience in that. But, you know, what's happening literally as we speak right now, Kiffin and Leach are, you know, standing on the, the steps of the state capitol in Mississippi because Mike Leach's best player um, has, you know, it, it adamantly taken a stand and, and, and uh, you know, pushed Leach to, to some activism, which is kind of shocking because that's not been something that he's been anywhere interested in other than kind of touting his own thoughts. So um, I, I think he's going to be an odd fit. I just, you know – uh both geographically and just kind of his his whole nature kiffin i think will be just fine at Ole miss you know i you know i i think kiffin loves you know kind of kissing babies and and kind of playing the game and and nowhere do they like doing that more than you know oxford mississippi all right jason square 85 wants to know vols lose samigla after this year what are the plans at kicker austin is this jt carver well, I think it should be. Um, I, I know Tennessee's not went all in there um, for whatever reason as far as I, – I don't believe they've offered him a preferred walk-on spot at this point. They're not going to offer him a scholarship. So, I don't know anybody that, in, in, anybody that thinks that they're offering him a scholarship is just going to be continuing to wait. Um, that's just not going to happen because Tennessee just can't – I don't think they can afford to use one on a on a kicker in this class. Now, with that said – I mean, I don't know why you've not offered him a preferred walk-on spot. I think J.T. Carver's a really, really good kicker, um, continues to showcase well in, in kicking events, continues to showcase well at the high school level, and just makes a ton of sense all, all right. the way around. Last two questions here. J.L. Tucker, have any update on Balaam Buchanan, uh, and would he possibly get a look at safety? I'm not sure he's going to get medically cleared to play. I think he's going to have to go see uh, another round of doctors and see, but I think right now there's a real chance that, unfortunately, his career – uh, might be over uh, at Tennessee and, and in football because of the neck injury. And then lastly, 
Um, do you have a feel for how surprised the other commits were about uh, Wilcoxon's decision? Does it directly affect a guy like Lewis or anyone else on the list? Um, so that's the last two questions are about Wilcoxon. Austin, I'll let you take that one. Jesse, jump in there as well. Not surprised. Uh, the commits were not acting. Fl- no, okay. had been kind of acting flaking in the in the group chats. Um, and then um, I, I maybe has a potential to have an impact on Lewis, but I don't think it really impacts anybody else. Cody Brown did not pick Tennessee because Kamar Wilcoxon. Dylan Brooks did not pick Tennessee because Kamar Wilcoxon. Dylan Brooks committed before Kamar Wilcoxon. So I mean, while those guys I think maybe like Kamar or whatever. They, they, they weren't picking Tennessee because he came here. Did he help recruit other guys and make it easier to get them over the hump maybe a little bit? Maybe. But, again, they didn't pick Tennessee because of Kamar Wilcoxon. And, and, and to go back three questions ago, I'd love to see a home-and-home home between Tennessee and Columbia. What golf course is there? You going to Bethpage Black? Where are you going, AP? Shinnecock. Shinnecock. I thought you. I thought you were going to say something like Wyoming, so you can get to Whistling Straits or something like that. When it's all Whistling Whistling Straits is not in Wyoming. Well, it's out that way somewhere, somewhere out that way, right? It's in Wisconsin. That'd be a good reason to play Wisconsin. All right, all right. You go to Oregon and play Bandon Dunes, right? It's all about the golf. It's not about the football. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Mailbag Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Hey, in East Tennessee, if you need a reliable heating and air system designed for your home and our climate, you need a team that's trained and held to the highest of standards. You need solutions, not sales pitches. There's many companies uh, in East Tennessee, heating and air companies. There's only one name you need to know. That's Blue Water Climate Control. Jeremy and his staff, uh, veteran-owned, family-operated, they do a great job. And when you need a new system or a major repair, Blue Water is not going to send out a salesperson. They're going to send out an expert to tell you what, they, what you need and lay out all of your options for you, whether that's a new system, replacing your current system, or whatever you can do to improve your energy efficiency and your indoor air quality. They're going to lay all that out for you. They have options for financing, which includes same as cash, even rent to own. For all the details and to get your heating and air system right, give Blue Water Climate Control a call at 865-299-2290. Visit them online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com to make an appointment. Blue Water Climate Control is an authorized dealer for American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. For Jesse Simonton, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us on this Friday edition of the Mailbag Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody.